Good morning. We stand on the uh, precipice of the great season of Lent. It has sometimes been called our uh, journey to paradise, our return to paradise, our journey to Pascha. So, it almost begs the question, you mean we were in paradise before? (laughs) If we're returning to it, doesn't that mean that maybe we were there once before? Maybe that's where we would feel better (laughs) if we were where we were before. Maybe this is our true fatherland and our true home. And how good would it be to be home? Does that mean that where we are now is not home? Well, if we have departed from what, where we were before, if we have departed from what we were given, then the answer to that is yes. And I think we're, if we're honest with ourselves in terms of a spiritual assessment at the beginning of this great and holy season, we would have to say, Yes, I need to return to what I was given before because I've turned from it. It kind of begs the question whether or not the life that we're living is normal life. You know, usually we think the life that we live is normal life and that, that the life of the Christian, the life of, uh, of the church, that's, that's supernatural life. And I don't know if I believe in the supernatural or not. Or if I have, I don't know how much, you know, I've experienced it or anything. And so it just becomes this uh, kind of uh, vague mystery and intellectual and philosophical exercise of whether or not I even want to. But what if paradise, what if the paradise of old were the normal life? What if that was normal life? And what if the life that I'm living now, the life that I'm living in this world, is fallen life? Unnormal life, subnormal life, subhuman life. And what if we we get a glimpse of the kingdom of God and all of a sudden our eyes are open and we, we, we say to ourselves, That's not supernatural life. That's natural life. That's normal life. That's the way life is supposed to be. And what I'm living now is not. So the season of Lent becomes a time to return to normal life. Return because normal life is life in God. You've heard the things that I'm about to say and share from St. Nikolai. Um, You've heard it before because often I try to be here and be home (laughs) at the beginning of Lent. But I'd like to put a little bit different twist on it, if I may, and speak of these things in terms of 
of weapons of war. Weapons of war. Because if we're in a foreign land and if we're in a lost land and we seek to go back to our true home, we will meet an enemy who does not want us to return. And we will have to fight. And God knows this, and so He gives us weapons of war. Weapons of spiritual warfare. And they're listed today. I can think of at least eight that I'll go through in this gospel lesson. First of all, he says, if you forgive men their, your, their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. He says, if. He doesn't say, forgive them. He leaves it to us. And so the fight is left to us. He gives us the, gives us the armor he gives, put on the armor of light. That's what the epistles said this morning. Put on the armor of light. God gives us the armor. But He doesn't make us take it. You know, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever witnessed the, uh, the taunter of a monk or a nun. And they're... they're uh, you know, you get the, the, the scissors for the tonsure go back and forth. <laughs> and uh, to make sure that the person being tonsured, it's their choice, my choice, my decision. There's no force here. If you forgive. St. Nikolai says, when fasting is understood in a true and Christian sense, it is not in a legalistic or pharisaical way, then the forgiving of insults and the abstaining from covetousness are a fast, and this is the most important fast, or if you wish, the greatest fruit of fasting, for indeed there's very little uh, use in abstaining from from food without abstinence from returning insult for insult and the illusion of earthly riches. And when he speaks of the covetousness and the illusion of earthly riches, he's referring to the end of the gospel lesson when he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust corrupt, but lay up treasures in heaven. So, it, can I abstain from returning insult for insult? Can I forgive insults? This is a fast. And I believe that the weapon the main weapon that we are given by the church to enter into this kind of abstinence, to forgive insults, to abstain from hurling insult for insult, is the prayer of St. Ephraim the Syrian. It's a weapon. A weapon in the return home. O oh Lord, 
help me to see my own faults and to not condemn my brother, for thou art blessed unto ages of ages. Amen. So this is one of the weapons we're given that we're going to have to use if we're going to get home. Then he goes into the fast. And when we think of the fast, we think of abstention from food. And often, this is the only thing that we think about when we hear the word, the fast. But we've already heard something else that doesn't have anything to do with food, and it's the fast. To abstain from hurling insult for insult. To abstain from that. When he goes through the fast, he says, anoint your mind and wash your face. And I would like to share with you what St. Nikolai says these things mean. To anoint your head means to anoint your mind with the Holy Spirit. Because the head signifies the mind and the whole body. And the fragrant oil with which the head is anointed signifies the Holy Spirit. And this means to fast from evil thoughts, to keep yourself from obscene uh, and unnecessary words, to fill your mind with thoughts of holy things, of purity and faith and love and all that's worthy of the Holy Spirit. Do the same with your heart, he says, and fast from hatred and evil and envy and pride blasphemy against God and man and from every sin and evil desire passion and lust keep yourself from all this and leave the Holy Spirit free to sow in your heart every kind of divine plant and God-pleasing flower and then do the same with the will of your soul and fast from every sinful intention and sinful act keep yourself from evil and leave the Holy Spirit free to anoint your hardened soul with this fragrant oil, to heal its wounds, to turn it Godward, to incline it to good works, and to fill it with a thirst for every good thing that is in God. And so we see by hearing this phrase, when you fast, anoint your head, it means to fast with your mind, with your heart, and with your will. Three more weapons. Three more weapons of the fast. My mind, and my heart, and my will. We're still not talking about food, are we? (laughs) And we've talked about four things that the fast are. The forgiveness. The abstention of evil thoughts from the mind, and, and, and from... evil desires and from evil intentions and uh, inclinations and so leaving room for the Holy Spirit to come and to wash us and give us the good things then he says wash your face wash your face this signifies the outer and physical and sensual man man's body and then he makes an interesting comment he says for God for God, a soul, the soul is a man's face. But for us, 
the body is. When we look at people, we look at the body and we see their face. But when God looks at us, He looks at our soul and our soul is our face before God. He sees right through us, doesn't He? (laughs) But through the bodily senses and organs, we show the world what we're thinking. See, we look at people and we observe them and we kind of size them up by what they look like and what they're doing and what they're saying. And it's true to a certain extent because the, the tongue speaks the mind's thoughts. The tongue speaks the mind's thoughts. The eyes show the heart's feelings. And the legs, and arms and legs carry out the will, the soul's intention. And so in a way, we show what's inside of us. Even if people can't see inside of us, we show what's inside of us by what we're saying, by what we're looking at, and by where we go and what we do. We reveal to the world and to others our mind, our heart, and our will. And so to wash your face means to cleanse your body from every sin and every impurity and keep your senses that, um, <clears throat> that are superfluous and dangerous. He says, restrain your eyes from constantly wandering through the diversity of the world. Restrain your ears from listening to anything that doesn't serve the soul's salvation. Restrain your nose lest you inbreathe the smell of the world and, and it turns quickly into a stench. Restrain your tongue and your stomach from craving a lot of food. Restrain your whole body from becoming over-refined and demanding of you more than it needs for survival. And along with all this, restrain your hands from beating and and tormenting people and animals. And restrain your feet from taking you into sin, into foolish merrymaking, into godless amusements, into fighting and, and stealing. And so we have this interior fast of the mind and the heart and the will. And expresses this interior fast expresses itself outwardly in the restraint of the tongue and the eyes and the hands and the feet. Because we are a, a psychosomatic being. We are a soul body being. Our human nature so we do one without the other, there is a kind of hypocrisy. There's a kind of schizophrenia. And this is what the pharisaical fast is, is when we fast bodily, outwardly, with food, and we're not doing this other stuff. It's not that the outward bodily fast is wrong, or that the outward bodily fast is pharisaical. It's pharisaical when we're not doing the rest. He says, Notice how Christ puts the interior fast in the first place. Anoint your mind. In other words, where does the fast begin? Inside. It begins inside, in my mind, in my heart, in my will. 
and, this, and, and then it goes outward to the bodily fasting, not in order to undervalue bodily fasting, for Christ himself practiced bodily fasting, but to begin at the beginning. First purify the source, then the river. I love that illustration. Purify the source and then the river. And the source is the soul, the source of our problems, the source of our unnatural life, our subhuman life. Is it comes in our soul. Out of the heart proceeds all of these evil things, Christ says. So the source, and then the river is the body. The river is the body. First cleanse the source, and then the river. Begin at the beginning. Finally, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. He says to abstain from the illusion of riches. What is the illusion of riches? He did not say abstain from riches. He said abstain from the illusion of riches. What is the illusion? That my security is in earthly riches. The illusion is is that all of these things belong to me and not to God. That's the illusion, and to abstain from that, and to acknowledge that all that I have belongs to God, and that my security, my ultimate security, and ultimately my normal life, my return to paradise, does not depend on these earthly riches. And so this is why we enter into the almsgiving during this season of the year. And if we do it from this perspective, from the inside out, it will cleanse us. I might also add that the illusion of poverty is also not real. And you might say, well, Father John, that's easy for you to say. I'm hungry, and I don't have a roof over my head. But let me tell you that if you are a Christian, and if you are in the communion of the church, you are rich in God. You are rich. You are a rich man. And the poverty that we experience in this life is only an illusion We've been given our armor of light to forgive insults, to fast with the mind and the heart and the will, and to let that manifest itself in the abstention of the tongue, the eyes, the hands and the feet, and not buy into the illusion either of the riches or the poverty of this fallen life, but to look to the kingdom of God 
in the paradise of old in our return to it in this great Lenten journey as our homeland and our rich reward in Jesus Christ. Amen.